Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monticelli, the host of this podcast, Let's Talk Soul. Over the years, after having interviewed so many people on so many different topics, I realized that what interested my audience wasn't really the individual topics per se, but was how it impacted them, how it touched their soul. So I'll invite you all to lay back, put your feet up, and if you like what you hear, leave a review, five-star review. I'd appreciate that. So just enjoy your listening. Today, I'm with Sarah Walker. Say hello to our audience, Sarah. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Great to be here. (laughs) Great. Sarah is talking to us from Connecticut. And let me introduce you to her. She's a woman after my own heart, really. She is the founder of the Sisters Enchanted. Since 2000, and we'll have her explain that, since uh, 2016, she has helped thousands of women lean into their intuition conjure joy and make everyday magic and right there you know we have loaded words and a lot of people may have uh, you know shy away from magic um sarah believes that a little bit of enchantment wonder and mysticism goes a long way in creating a life that feels fun purposeful and spacious now um, Sarah, what's a nice girl like you becoming a witch for? <laughs> <laughs> right? My grandmother would like to know that ah, also. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> She'd like the answer to that question. Uh, Does she, is she, was she a witch? No. Or my she? family's oh. very Christian. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh. Well, then, you know, double double the interest in the question where where did that come from out of the blue you know as a I can remember all the way back just being very interested in everything at the time you know I when was this you blanked out for a second oh all the the way back to all the way back to childhood just realizing I had interests that were different than other people maybe in my life uh Mm -hmm. and really even just I was a little different than other other people. And uh-huh. I can't say for sure the moment that I, you know, really was like, I'm a witch. I'm, I'm claiming this word witch. <laughs> or your nails starting to right. grow extra long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your ears. I, yeah. Um, you know, I think that I was, I just, I loved Halloween. I loved the, I loved pop culture witches. And I, and I didn't know anything about, it right this idea other than that you know just based on mm-hmm. where i lived how i grew up and so that was the early 20s yeah. right so when did it come into full bloom well actually i bought my first tarot deck when i was in high school as a teenager and mm-hmm. then i was but we're not yet a witch so yep yeah, we're but not one tarot there. deck yep. does not make a witch no so i bought this <laughs> i bought a tarot deck and then from there, I was in a bookstore, a, a discount bookstore, and I found all these Wicca books. And Wicca. That's, mm-hmm. that became the thing that I, I started spending my, my lunch money on <laughs> and mm-hmm. my babysitting money. Okay, can you give us a, a, you know, a general uh, description of Wicca, what the definition of Wicca, a lot of people who are listening may not know what that is. Yeah, so Wicca is an, I would say, 
I don't know a formal definition of it. I would say it's a, um, a systematized form of witchcraft, which is, I, which is more close to a religion than perhaps most would consider paganism. Um, Wicca mm -hmm. has more, uh, this is sort of the way to do things. It's more structured uh, in terms mm -hmm. of belief system where there's also, and I wouldn't actually, I'm not Wiccan. That's just where my story starts, but it is mm -hmm. more structured, more uh, linear in terms of uh, common beliefs. And then we have the umbrella of paganism, which is much wider, right. has a lot under it. So Wicca is, if I were to say a kind of area of witchcraft that's more like religion in that it has structure, Wicca would be that and mm -hmm. and how I view it. Uh, well, let's let's just clarify. I yeah. mean, not all witches are Wiccan, right? Witches have m nothing to do with religion, yeah, or religion around the world, yeah, 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 for sure. Which is what, as I grew, you know, into mm -hmm. adulthood, that's really where I found myself. I realized, oh wait, there is this whole world out here, and these this stack of books I bought from this one bookstore is not the, the be all end all. Oh, they must have been happy every time they yeah. saw you. Oh, she's back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> raise the prices, right? Um, and, and then I don't know, it's sort of just morphed into who I am over time. I, uh, when I was in college, I have, I have an English degree, but I, I minored in sociology, focusing on women's studies, uh, mostly, and then went, went on to become a teacher. And, mm -hmm. and through all of this, I think just learning about women and myself as a woman and, uh, taking the spirituality that I had developed over time came to this being of of a witch and the word witch for me okay so, so let's say that you are painting a picture of witches as feminine for well not no, for me right yeah you're right i am right. painting that picture totally there are mm -hmm. plenty of um male witches i tend to circle with women and my in on the internet find myself mm -hmm. with women uh, but it did have that idea for me as historically women who were condemned for being witches, uh, uh -huh. you know, typically, typically, right. Were typically women. There were of course men also. Um, yeah. and well, the but, definition, if you open uh, Webster's, it'll say warlock for a male witch, but it's never, it sounds like something out of the middle ages, right? No one ever says that warlocks. <laughs> burned mm -hmm. at the stake. It's always the witches burned at the stake. Right. Uh, and I think too, living where I live in Connecticut, we, the first um, person who was tried and killed for witchcraft in the U.S. was in Connecticut. And then, mm -hmm. you know, the Salem witch trials, which really had nothing to do with witchcraft whatsoever, uh, as right. we know historically, but living so close to that as I do, we learned about it, yeah. you know, over and over again in school because it was like considered yeah. local history for us. Sure. So I think that that definitely impacted my view of, the, you know, the the female aspect too. Uh, uh -huh. Now you um, mentioned um, to me the um, Sisters Enchanted, and your website, I believe, is. Uh, or your YouTube channel is the Sisters Enchanted, and your website too, the, the Sisters Enchanted, and the Instagram, <laughs> the underscore sister underscore Enchanted. Now that is a cult, an association, a group 
a what what is it <laughs> right yeah we are a so we teach online courses is what we do what we are mm -hmm. is a community of of women we're 99 women uh all around the world who participate in the different things that we have to offer and we've we've done gathered in person done live events give me an example virtual. give me an example one of the most recent things you've done yeah well we teach online all the time so that's always ongoing right. um, we okay. always have courses and then recently the beginning of oh, just a month ago a small group of us met up in salem massachusetts all came uh -huh. together for an event there and spent the day together and it was great to see people for the first time in person yeah. after a few years. Yeah. Um, but what yeah. we do online is we learn together. We have a community of teachers and uh, contributors and healers. And we have this cool program where we meet together at the new moon, the first quarter moon, the full moon and the third quarter moon and work mm -hmm. on it's a combination of this this witchcraft and all of the the spiritual tools you know we all love but also how are we using that in our daily life and actually okay so actually growing let's say one thing that that is high on the agenda of, of groups like this are intentions yeah um and when you teach i imagine that that is a key word in, in your courses, wouldn't it be? Oh my goodness, it is. It's a, the thing I oh, probably okay. talk about the, <laughs> the most. Okay, uh, so now let's <laughs> talk about intentional and lunar living. Since you mentioned these four stages of the moon, what is lunar living? living? Yeah, well, the moon, it presents us with a, a rhythm a universal rhythm that we can all uh, we can all see in the sky. And it invites us to, I think, take stock of our own energy, the energy around us and where we are in a cycle. And I think the world that we live in, it's we're, we're so prone to just trying to get everything done in a day. And especially well, here in America, the moon, the moon is so small, right? The yeah. moon, this universe in this our galaxy, right, is small. I, maybe we shouldn't talk about universes. There's so many things, other things out there. But there are. Um, what are the things that are done on the different phases of the moon or what would it be? I mean, when, when do you cut your hair? When do you, yeah. you know, what yeah. communicate for? Mm -hmm. Well, so we look at the moon phases in terms of our, like kind of the energy we present. So at the new moon mm -hmm. is when we're setting intentions. The first quarter moon is when we're taking our action on them. The full moon is when we're doing the shadow work and understanding, you know, what is shadow work? It's so many good questions. Shadow work is the looking at the parts of yourself that you are not seeing that are impacting your future. So the parts of yourself you might be pushing down or the stories that you're not we signal that they represent our fears. Yeah, totally, totally your fears. Mm -hmm. And what makes it the, the work of it is that we don't often see them as fears. We justify them. And I'm sure you know this from your work. We justify them mm -hmm. as, you know, as true barriers where there might be an yeah. underlying fear, but we say, well, you know, oh no, there's this other thing that's happening, mm -hmm. you know, and, and truly there's a fear to, to understand. And we do that at the full moon. And then at the third quarter moon, it's when we're yeah. really conscious about, uh, give maybe giving back to other people or giving back to ourselves and just sort of redreaming another way forward. Uh, Cause I, I think that we 
tend to get really stuck in one one way, you know, that we think an outcome should a be, pattern. but yeah, there's not pattern. one way. And so the moon yeah. allows us to do this. And then when it comes to like cutting your hair and things, there's, there's all different points of view on that. You know, it's, do you want it to, to grow longer do you, or faster? Do you want it to, to not grow as fast? Mm -hmm. uh, but I think if you look at the energy of the, the moon phases in terms of what you want to grow and then what you want to release, um, you know, you can do anything at any phase with that in mind, the energy you want to attach to it uh, mm -hmm. there. Um, so, you know, I, I asked this because I thought that might be uh, prominent in your courses online. Is that, I mean, do you, because uh, people come to you who are not witches or who are tarot readers or who are, you know, heard from a friend of a friend, but maybe they're just not sensing their, uh, power as as witches is that true or or not yeah in some cases i would say we have probably uh three quarters of folks who come to us are interested in tarot or are interested mm -hmm. in crystals or you know something like that uh, and about about a quarter are people who have either studied um some form of like a Wicca or a paganism or, or have claimed the word witch outside of a framework in a way and are just looking for. And what, what do you mean by that? Well, when we look at the word witch, I, when you look mm -hmm. at Wicca, for example, you know, right. there, there is this kind of structure to it. And even in paganism, paganism is so broad that you, it, it's challenging to say that there's one structure, but there are, mm -hmm. you know, there's the wheel of the year. A frame and, of reference. Right. There, there are, you know, um, there's mythology. There's all sorts of things that can fall under there. And there are some folks who don't, that I've met, who don't want, you know, they don't want anybody else's stories. They don't, they don't want any pre-prescribed anything. Uh, and they mm -hmm. they see the power in being a witch as solely being themselves without anything attached to it. So as you said in the beginning, you know, buying a tarot deck doesn't make you a witch. And that's, you know, this idea of being a witch outside of, of anything else. Mm -hmm. So about a quarter of the people are already mm -hmm. like somewhere in there. And most most folks come to us, though, with an interest in, in tarot or, or something along yeah. those lines first. Um, when you, um, you, you know, when we talk about witches and magicians and things like we're talking about the tarot, the, the magician card, when you see that, you usually talk about manifestation. Um, when you, you, um, suggested to me the, the topic of things that could go wrong with manif manifestation, how and why they go wrong. Maybe we could talk about that. Yeah, I think this comes back to that word intention. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. uh, there is a, a idea around manifestation of creating something you you need right now. You know, like you need more money, or you need, or you really feel like you need a partner who is right. a, a stronger relationship partner or something. And right. folks try to manifest from almost a place of desperation. I find pretty often, uh -huh. like really desperate ah. for to receive something. And mm, I think, okay. yeah, it's, I think that's where you go wrong because even if you receive something, but then you find it's not the right thing or it falters, you know, a week later and it's, it's not what really we need to manifest, I think is our, our true selves or a place from, 
from a place of our true selves and doing well, give me that shadow a work. specific example. Maybe you can invent a client or invent uh, someone who came to you and um, you can talk more specifically about it. It will be easier for us to understand. Yeah. Well, money is a, is a huge one and folks will want to manifest you know, maybe a thousand dollars to replace an appliance or to to buy something or, or go on a vacation or or whatever. And what they they get is perhaps they'll get the thousand dollars, you know, a surprise work bonus or something. But then the next day, the another appliance breaks. So they're they still didn't fix the first one, and now they're out the money on the next the next thing, or they really want to manifest uh, their spouse or something uh, to to love them in a different way or communicate differently. Uh And so, you know, something happens and for a week there is better communication, but then that partner has, I've seen where the partners turn around and ask for a divorce then a month later. And I think that that's really where that, that, that place of desperation and not, not knowing your true self or trying to manifest based on some other expectation, you know, that like a societal yeah. expectation instead of what you truly desire uh, based mm-hmm. on your own. Uh, so how could we fix it? Why did it go wrong? What was, you know, what went wrong and and how did it go wrong? You yeah. explained a little how, but to fix it, what could ha- that person have done? I understand their intention and why it's their intention. You know, if if the intention is to have a thousand dollars to replace an appliance in your house, I, you know, why don't you have that thousand dollars to begin with would be the question to ask. And that is where the manifestation comes in manifesting the, the courage to look at your finances, you know, manifesting the uh, resources to understand money and it's it's that manifestation that's going to make the thousand dollars appear again and again and again in the future, okay, rather now, than wait manifesting. A from the- Here we have all our listeners are crying their eyes out now, and they've been praying and manifesting intentions, <laughs> and they're thinking, "I've been doing it all wrong. That's why I'm not making any money." Um, so on the one hand, you're saying it just doesn't fall to the sky. If it does from the fall from the sky. You did something wrong, so you're, it's going you know, to easy come, easy go with that $1,000. Um, let's use a different example, all right? Uh, let's, not money. Yeah. Um, another, another topic. Yeah, well, another one I see is manifesting a, a health. It's, it's typically, I always see, like, relationships, money. Love, money, or, and health. Or health. Yeah, that's what I always see. Um, and with health, somebody will want to manifest uh, um, like weight loss, you know, and, and looking mm-hmm. for that weight loss. And, and I've seen the exact example where, uh, what happened was somebody did lose weight, but they had, um, a, a parasite <laughs> and that's what caused the quick weight loss, you know? Oh, and yeah. yeah. And I mean, that doesn't happen. I mean, that's obviously not happening for everybody. And I, I think course. that the folks who have long standing though, when we think about manifestation and, and people who really have this power to create miracles out of thin air, I think it's because they're manifesting the roots to solve the rest of the manifestation, which is in that well, case, with let's health. go back to this example of the person who wanted to lose weight. How could she have manifested it differently? Yeah. Well, what she did the next time uh, was manifested a, a healthcare team 
that actually cared about her because she this person really needed to lose um weight for medical reasons not not you know body image reasons it was like medical reasons needed to lose weight and her doctors just kept saying lose weight lose weight you know eat a mediterranean diet lose weight but there was nobody supporting her nobody really yeah. guiding her in this and she had no mm -hmm. idea how to break these habits and so uh, what she did was focus on manifesting healthcare providers who who care, who can truly support me. Uh, and and you know what? She got that healthcare team and made all kinds of health changes, and you know, mm -hmm. diverted diabetes and heart attack and all of these things without a parasite. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Um, do you have clients or people who come to you that are under the age of eighteen? Young no, no, yeah, no. We specifically no. Uh, don't work with minors, um, mm -hmm. and I think that just from my my teaching background too, it's something that I I find that you know people don't really know themselves until they're until they're yeah. in their mid twenties, fifties. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you really 50s. don't know yourself till later. Yeah. So I think yeah. uh, a, a minor is somebody under eighteen just uh is not well that's a generalization it's a generalization um but there are different things going on in their lives uh, compared to older people oh um, for sure yeah, that's i was a high school teacher before so yeah yeah, I, yeah that's why i'm a the but teenager did you whole different quit your forwards. job did you I, leave your job yeah yeah yeah. Um, and and what was that uh, the, the moment, you know, that of reckoning when you said, OK, this is it. I'm closing the door there and just opening another door. What happened? Yeah. Well, I've done this twice. I uh, when I was out of college, I was a, a sales rep for a big candy company here in the U.S. And oh, I how sweet. Yeah, it was a great job. I had a company car and I had all kinds of student loans from college. And I, I had this my dentist life. bills, yeah, oh, <laughs> no, um, student loans from from school. And I yeah, yeah. yeah I and I had this um, moment of thinking that, you know, I'm not doing anything to help the world. And I quit and mm. went to graduate school to get my master's and be a teacher. A couple of weeks later did that. And I was I loved what I did, loved working with kids. I mostly worked with kids who had uh, struggles learning. And mm -hmm. what I found was that the schools I was working in weren't really built to help those specific kids. And then- well, Surprise, surprise, surprise. And, uh, and then the <laughs> Sounds like a lot of schools I know. Yeah, and then the parents in particular, the mothers, I just saw so many of those mothers with 16, 17, 18 year olds where the mothers had just fought so hard. And by the time they were in their mid fifties were so just tired and didn't have any yeah. idea who they were. Um, and of and, course, didn't know how to help their child. Yeah. I had, yep. And I just saw this, this family. And then I saw that impacting the kids, you know, because then the kids, mm -hmm. the parents were so tired, nothing the kid could do was, was right. Or, you know, getting mm -hmm. them anywhere. And I just saw this big thing and thought there's, this isn't the right place for me. Uh, and I went into private practice, actually working with kids in a different ah, way. Um, and then mm -hmm. from there is when I was really like, how do I help women though? You know, because so many women okay. are, are the ones uh -huh. really, and that's a generalization too, but it often is that I was seeing the moms that were at the the wheel from, for these kids. And so I, 
just I thought, well, what do I what do I do in my life? Because I have a daughter who has um, some learning challenges. And I thought, what are the things I do? And it came back to this uh, all the, you know, my practice of being a witch and all this spirituality and mm-hmm. the, the, the personal growth that comes with that. And, yeah. uh, and I just shut down my practice and other business. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. The sisters enchanted, uh, was born. <laughs> you talk a lot about self-care. How does self-care figure in the work you do? Uh, it figures into the work I do in that I find that a lot it's sort of along the lines of shadow work that folks will tend to i you know do a lot of self-care type things that aren't really self-care for example um it's very big here in the u.s anyways as you may know that there's a big wine culture with women you know and and women and don't get me wrong i love a good glass of wine but there's also Mm -hmm. this idea that you know it's the end of the day um and i'm going to drink like four glasses of wine to relax. But then, you know, the next day feeling tired, like you didn't sleep well, and it becomes this pattern of unpleasantness. And it's often those things like that done in the name of self care, or, you know, going shopping on a Saturday for stuff you probably don't need, you just don't want well, to be at your house. Well, then let's give this um, concept a definition. What is self care? Self-care is building a foundation in your life, building a foundation so you have a life that supports you. That's what Mm -hmm. self-care is. And I think that uh, self-care is creating a supportive life rather than an escape from your life, which is how I see it. Say that again slow so we hear it clearly. Yeah. Self-care is building a life that's supportive rather than escaping from your life, which is how I see it painted. Let's (laughs) have a few examples of self-care in your lingo, in your perspective, that would lead to that better life that you talk about. Yeah, uh, setting boundaries around uh, your time and... Uh, around your time or people oh well i think that well both i i would set boundaries around time i first because it's people who will use your time to no end (laughs) i i find that women really in particular uh you know don't don't often start out saying no to people, you know, wanting to really take on projects or help or volunteer and and do all the things and be helpful and really don't leave time for themselves. So boundaries around your time. Hang on. So uh, this brings me to ask you, because you, you spoke about courses, online courses, and now you have, um, you know, your, your talk is around women and helping them and, I, I want to know if you have one-on-one uh, clients, personal clients, someone who has a session with you, lasts an hour, uh, once a week, once a month, a, a package of what is, what kind of system do you use to work with people? Yeah. So with we have women in this. Case. We have our courses and then we have a group, a small group membership. And through uh-huh. that small group membership, folks can book in with me. Um, or a variety of other people on yeah. our team on every single month. So we do small group calls 
uh, on Zoom and we do breakout groups. So everybody gets, gets time and we do it in that way. And then these folks also can uh, work with anybody on the providers list every month. And we work together for six personally, months. Personally, personally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. And that would be usually what's a common, uh, you know, tempo. Would it be one hour a week for four weeks or how long? Or do they pay by the hour whenever they need it? Yeah, no. So this is a small group program. So they're in the group uh -huh. for six months. And then right. they get one session per month with somebody from the oh, service providers. I yeah. See. And then we mm -hmm. meet as a small group twice per month. And oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we do, there's, um, I think right now we have about 20 people in the group. So we also have our whole team comes on these calls and we break the, the virtual uh -huh. group up into smaller rooms so that everybody uh -huh. gets one-on-one -on -one attention and, uh, and work toward whatever it is that they're working on, uh, in wow. their lives. Wow. Yeah. No, a lot, a lot to do, a lot to talk about. And, a lot to write about. I would, I'm would. i surprised that I didn't see here a book underway with the top with the title, uh, but I'm sure the next time I talk to you, there will be one. Well, we do have a self-care. I did write a self-care book. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. It. Yeah. It's a, it's a self-care book. And it, it what's the title? All, it's called Magical Self-Care. And it okay. Uh, Magical well, self care. Yeah. Uh, will it be on your, in your, you, your channel? I mean, your, your website, thesistersenchanted.com? Yeah, it should be able to be found in all of the okay. places. But it, it's okay. full of um, like self-care tips around crystals and tarot. But it also has uh -huh. all these structured things that I like to talk about, like setting boundaries and yeah. <laughs> saying no to people. <laughs> yeah. Come on, some more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, time. I'm very – I love to focus on uh, time and being intentional with time. I run a business and – have two kids and also care for aging grandparents. And I know firsthand that if you're not the owner of your time, <laughs> your yeah. time will yeah. own you. <laughs> Talking about time, we're at the end of the interview and it was so interesting to talk to you really, um, Sarah. I hope our, our roads cross again. And just let me repeat one more time for our listeners. I'll be writing it in the description. So Instagram, the underscore sisters underscore enchanted youtube is the sisters enchanted and your website is the sisters enchanted.com yes thank you again sarah you stay well yeah thank you for having me i appreciate it bye bye